Hi guys, here we are finally, after a very long time back for a second episode of Knickknacks Coffee Table. But back to back with my beautiful love talking about her wicked past year. So yeah, hey Han. <laughs> <laughs> Hello everyone. Um, so we both have a podcast and this is kind of an ov- overlapping episode where we're gonna just have a casual conversation about our last year together um, as Twin Flames in Union and just in general this ascension journey and how everybody that's listening will be able to recognize some of these elements that we have gone through because a lot of people are going through similar situations and synchronicities and insights and all that stuff and just really big shifts in general and I know that by sharing our story it will make others feel as if they're not alone and yeah we just want to share our crazy year and also debunk quite a lot of myths around uh, the Twin Flame Union as well actually yeah Yeah. Uh, just out of own experience now after really getting into Union and being together after a year to share our insights next to the romantic mythology that flows around on the World Wide Web. Well, <laughs> really to, to offer a clear insight in what happens after a union, because when you uh, type in Twin Flames on YouTube or Twin Flame Union or whatever, you always get a bunch of videos and content with advice on how to reach twin flame union, how to meet your twin flame, how to manifest your twin flame. But then you don't find anything anymore about what happens after union or you'll find here and there sporadically, you'll find people talking about what happens after union, but not very many because they're just too, um, they don't have time for it because it's crazy. Because you go through so many things after union that uh, you're just consumed by figuring out your own stuff. Nobody has time to really talk about what happens after. But now after a year, here we are. (laughs) (laughs) Still alive. (laughs) Because we want to make sure that people understand how important this is and what it is all about. And what you actually have to do after you reach union to reach harmonious union because there's one twin flame union is one thing but then there's harmonious twin flame union and that is when you reach the stage where most of the stuff between the both of you is cleared out and -hmm. when you're able to really start serving others together yes but then also amplified in our case by a couple of dietas in the jungle directed to this process as well eh? which really gave us a huge blast this year all kinds of stuff that we were doing individually already influenced each other's process long distance and then when you come together it's even more amplified and you see the results of all the work that you've already been doing individually on your own mm-hmm. so, yeah. mm-hmm. and then the 22nd of october 
uh, around midnight, a little bit later, actually, really, really early of uh, the morning of the 23rd yes. at night, I arrived uh, mm-hmm. in Belgium. Yes. So a quick, a quick recap for those who are new to us or have oh, only mm-hmm. recently found us. We have a few videos already and Instagram lives that we've done in the past where we elaborate on uh, how we got to know each other, how we got to the point of union. And we also wrote down the entire story on my website. So you can go read it over there. My website as well. Just uh, like from our personal perspective, how I experienced our meeting and and how she experienced her way and how we came together. Mm -hmm. We Mm -hmm. wrote it all out uh, because we really want to start to create a platform where like other twin flames can really like uh, come to in a safe space to share about these difficult times because it's a very serious work not to be underestimated Mm -hmm. yes and then the romantic side is a cherry on the pie (laughs) after a long time and yeah yeah. and that's the thing of course (laughs) that we always emphasize when we talk about twin flames it's a it's really a twin flame mission and yeah and for those who are not familiar with me when i say god i don't mean religious god the man in the sky with the beard when i say god i'm talking about source creator i'm talking about the big consciousness that we all come from and that you're here basically on a divine mission and it's about the mission and that always comes first individually because if your own mission if you're not living for yourself then you're not going to be able to be in a harmonious twin flame union because you're not living for yourself yet so how can you hold space for somebody else if you're not even able to have your own space And that's what we want to talk about, too. Whenever we coach people, twin flames or just individuals, it doesn't matter. That's the first thing that we're going to try to establish with these people is how connected are you to yourself? Mm-hmm. Yep. So back to the story then. Yes, uh, yes. The yes. night of the 22nd to the 23rd. Uh, yeah, I arrived back in Belgium from a, a deep emergence with the the Amazon forest after six months, which wasn't planned at all. Like I was supposed to stay in the Amazon for many years to come. Uh, Then after meeting this beautiful lady, uh, yeah. And the dieta, everything flipped around. So uh, it was very weird for me in the beginning even to arrive in Belgium. So yeah, it was funny. We rented an apartment actually at the coastline even before meeting each other in real life Mm -hmm. and then coming there together seeing each other for the first time after such a huge commitment of already knowing that we were twin flames even without knowing each other in person in this life just say like okay you're gonna do it yeah yeah okay then i join and we do it Uh, and it was very strange in the beginning Uh, instead of a very romantic experience for me it was just like wow uh, more overwhelmed and paralyzed almost about everything that was happening because it felt so out of earth uh, completely gone from the earthly plane uh, that was very very hard to accept and integrate even that uh yeah how to say it 
that I'm even allowed to have this kind of love in my life and come to this kind of point in my life that I'm allowed to go through this kind of initiations, uh, which is way beyond the things I ever could have imagined when I was younger. So yeah, despite the heaviness and all, all the crazy uh, life lessons we had to go through. So yeah, uh, how was it for you the first time that we really met each other like Um, yeah, so we have been communicating since the winter before and we only knew each other through my work because I did a few readings for him, but then we started communicating more and more and everything got clear on an energetic level and it was a really big test in my own like my own intuition got really tested because how was i supposed to like i was really asked to trust what i was receiving the information that i was receiving and the big test was was everything going to be exactly like i was told by source energy when he arrived and then he arrived and he got out of the van and he walked up to the door and looked at me and immediately like everything that I saw energetically before and through conversations that we'd had was confirmed in just one look. Because he walked up to me and there was immediately this really big sense of familiarity, but like not even, you can't even compare it to having a baby. It's a different sense of familiarity. Like you're looking at somebody uh, that you've, You've always known, but you yet you've never seen them before. <laughs> and that's the feeling I got when he walked up to me, when he got out of the van uh, at uh, 12.30 in the middle of the night. And everything was okay. Like any worry that I had or nervousness or whatever uh, kind of disappeared because everything was exactly, it just felt right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, then uh, the weeks and months that followed, of course, we got a lot of memories back. A lot of things just came up between us that really confirmed all the twin flame stuff and, and just a lot more information got released, little puzzle pieces here and there. And as well, social situations, uh, mm -hmm. other figures of different lifetime stories that showed up one scenario after another. Yes moving from region to region by going from story to story like to clear all things mm -hmm. out from specific lives that we had together where there was lots of energy still to be resolved and, yeah. uh, and to be cleansed what happened what i but this isn't necessarily something that happens for all twin flames but no. this is what happened with us at once that when we were separated, we went through all kinds of karmic cleaning on an individual level. And then the stuff that we had to clear up together, basically, um, that happened between the both of us that we needed to heal from together, but also in group with other people in different scenarios, all these different lifetimes and timelines where we were involved with certain people or areas in the world somehow we ended up there like in different places 
uh, with different people that we then recognized from past lives or energetically we were shown that these were connections that we'd had in past lives that influenced us as twin flames but that also karmically we still carried wounds from or stuff that needed to clear it up um, so that we could have less interference between the both of us and our twin flame connection it seemed like and that now this year was all about cleaning up together the stuff that was still holding us back actually. yes mm -hmm. <clears throat> from where we need to go yep yeah. and there was also the contract in the dayata with renako which is actually a tree master in the amazon that is a master of love um, mm -hmm. And yeah, there was the agreement as well. Eh? And uh, now looking back on the year, it's uh, yeah, we got exactly what I asked for. Because <laughs> that's something that he uh -huh. went through before we physically even met, but we were already communicating daily uh, through. Uh, voice messages, text messages, and sometimes we we talk on the phone and stuff. And it was already very clear for both of us that we needed to physically get together to really work on ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then you went into the dieta with the tree, knowing full well what this connection was. Well, that that it was something very important, and you wanted clarity. Um, on the connection, but also for you in general, connections in general, isn't it? With different just relationships. Everything in related general. to relationship, ancestry, family lines, love, everything. Soul mm -hmm. family, everything. Mm -hmm. Everything related to connections. And the aspect of love. But yeah, it's not only uh, how do you say it? Uh, amores. Uh, no, <laughs> you know? Just connections, <laughs> soul uh, yeah. connections. Yep. Yeah, love goes big timer. Uh, yeah, it's also the first time that I did one month fully on one tree. Um, I'm still not capable of seeing all the gifts already that came through. The gifts are just coming now. Uh, but let's see where this goes. Eh? Every time I do a diet, I'm blown away by yeah the energies of the trees and. Yeah, after the hard work, the gifts you get back from those plants. Well, life can be magical, way out of the imagination of the majority of all of us, though. Like, I couldn't even have imagined that things like this would be possible in life. But then, yeah, back to the story, actually. If you really want to see the story where we stayed a couple of months in Belgium, like, at the end of October, I arrived from Peru. And then we had our first apartment along the coast that you found after a couple of weeks planning directly, like flight, place, this, mm -hmm. that, that. <laughs> uh, just to make sure that we could come together in all peace in our own space. Mm -hmm. And then we had a, a second apartment up till December. Yeah. And then a few yeah, weeks before things really Christmas. started to flip around though. But before it was first already then connecting with Nora as well, your daughter. That was mm -hmm. seven, six at that time. Yeah. Pretty soon, next the, the week after I arrived, she had her seventh birthday. Uh, 
And you went straight to the birthday party with my my mom and her partner <laughs> and my daughter. It's yeah. so uh, thinking uh, we would have some time for romanticized uh, love and expended pleasure. Uh, no, no, no. It was straight away to family life, serious things, uh, looking what to do with our lives, how we would uh, continue after mm -hmm. two weeks of our first apartment. Uh, yeah, for me, learning to live with a child in the house, because I never was in a family situation within my relationships, actually, uh, besides my own family when I was a kid. And then, yeah. At the same time, integrating, coming back from a life deep in the Amazon, all of a sudden back in tiny gray, uh, urban jungle Belgium, <laughs> with only traffic, a lot of buildings, uh, really a minimum amount of nature. Although uh, at the seaside, we were uh, quite lucky eh? mm -hmm. uh, with uh, some pieces of forests to go and walk to and the beach to walk on yes. for a long pause. Mm -hmm was really nice yeah there were huge changes in just a fraction of a, a life moment like uh yeah so it was for months it was overwhelming for me and really giving myself as much as possible time to, to yeah accept what i was giving and to grow in it as well eh? to find my own place in it in a healthy way in balance with my family Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, but then those those ones as well were very difficult for you also. Because it's one thing, of course, knowing that you and this other person are energetically connected, and then acknowledging and admitting to yourself that if you want to be the best version of yourself, you have to trust the information that you're receiving intuitively. And be with this person, which is a really big test um, of your own faith in yourself and how well do I trust my intuition. And then this person and you start a life together based on your intuitive information that you're that you've received. So you you don't want that to fail. That has to like succeed because otherwise, how are you going to be able to believe yourself? And the work you do and everything and, you do actually and each time that we went through these tests and a lot of tests came up we always managed to overcome them no matter how exhausting it was or no matter how emotional it was or just confrontational for both of us mm -hmm. yeah because we've been already very far in life eh? we already pushed our limits so far in comparison mm. to a medi the mediocre the average. Per, the, or the average person in life mm -hmm. and then coming together uh, like really putting a completely new level of that on top of it mm -hmm. but then just together our our thing then uh, it was mind-bending eh? like it really pushed us through limits that were way beyond what we ever could have expected of how much we could hold and how deep the pain and the wounds mm -hmm. and how going actually yeah especially also these those first few months it just became so clear to me that twin flames have the same core wounds but they're just expressed differently from different perspectives eh? and yeah. how 
it's triggering your own stuff that you may not have even been aware of was there mm -hmm. because there was nobody, the exact person that would be able to bring those energies out in you was never present until you meet that one person and you actually physically live with them and all of a sudden the stuff comes up out of nowhere that you thought was long processed or archived or whatever and then there it is again and a whole new layer of it comes up and surprises you and that's the big that was in the beginning definitely the big test and we had a few really heavy months but at the same time there's also this really big energy of, of motivation and um, and just inspiration because being with this other person also brings out the best in you and gives you inspiration and like a boost of energy to do things that you would have never dared to do on your own. So it's a combination of those two. You're terrified and excited at the same time. If there's two words to describe this past year, it would be terrified and exciting at the same time. <laughs> no, this, this is it. And I think most people that are with their twin flame, they can definitely agree mm -hmm. with that. But that's what it's like <laughs> in the beginning. But to come back to the story, really, like, like what, what happened those months for you? It was mostly a very hard time for you and me being there, trying to hold space actually for the things that needed to happen until we all of a sudden decided to leave Belgium. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, a lot of changes happened um, very quickly for both of us, but also for me because my plan I could only see as far as okay, he books his ticket and he's in Belgium. and. I couldn't see beyond that or even foresee any of what was going to happen. All we knew at that point was, okay, we have to make sure that we find a way to be together and that we can live together and um, work on the rest of our lives together. And we were like, okay, I have two weeks off, took time off from work. I had two or three weeks that I was able to take. So I took those two weeks and uh, we had a house, uh, an apartment that we rented for two weeks. And within the first few days, everything started unraveling, basically. My whole plan of, okay, we're going to see what happens after the two weeks. Oh, okay, we're going to try to find a place or something here and uh, slowly work our way to being together and going to South America together. And uh, then I got fired from my job. Uh, well, I it was not really fired. I kind of made a decision to stop because they didn't really want to cooperate with me. Um, and then I basically got pushed into having to make my spiritual business, my full-time business. <laughs> so... Because for, I knew for months and months already at that point that that was what I was supposed to be doing, but I kept playing it safe and wanted to rely on having a part-time job out of the house so that I still had that, like, just in case. Um, and I knew that I shouldn't be doing that, that I really should be trying to make my spiritual job my full-time job. And then I got kind of pushed by just Nick arriving. The universe gave me that push to do it. And there was no other 
option anymore. So basically they're gonna, just their presence, the energy of their presence is already gonna trigger all kinds of other um, possibilities for you anyway. So the first few months that we were together, we were in Belgium and I was pushed into working on my spiritual business full time, finally starting mentorship, like ideas around that, that I never thought I was good enough and blah, blah, blah. But then I, I just, I kind of did it. I just went for it. <laughs> and then... Synchronicities were crazy. Yeah. yeah. How, how fast everything started to unroll. And as soon as you like pulled the plug and made a decision, yep. it was... As soon as I made the decision, then everything just started happening for me. But I had to recognize the opportunities and not be afraid. And take action yep. before seeing the result. And we were pushed to really listening to each other on an energetic level. Like any decision that came up, we were forced by the universe to look at it together and tune in energetically together. So that's how we started making decisions every morning. Just when we drank our coffee, we pulled cards, uh, we cast rune stones, we just connect to our spirit guides and ask and be open for, okay, what is it that you want us to do? Because most couples that I know, whenever I've been with anyone else, of course, you have conversations and make decisions about your life based on rational thinking and you're going to be having conversations together, but we were basically in a triangle having a conversation with God every day, asking, okay, what are we supposed to do? And then we would both be receiving the answers, and it was just basically each time, like, there was somebody sitting there across from you that was able to confirm what was coming through the radio, so to speak. Mm. Well, I shared different perspectives, very yeah. transparent mm. as well. So you could like combine both intuitions mm -hmm. with both perspectives that would go around the same theme and exactly the same information, but just by our separated ways of expressing ourselves, it mm -hmm. would give us even a wider insight as well through my plant work and my connections and then you, your angelic and Akashic yeah. uh, connections, you know, and the star families that we have like very different sources and combined it was like, Whoa, <laughs> mm -hmm. that was really wicked huh? to discover it in the beginning because it took me some time as well to just uh, accept for myself that I actually had this potential of really being so direct uh, with cards and runestones and I was already doing this for years for myself but only in a playing wise really never taking it so seriously and always just seeing it as a reflection game with myself but then uh, yeah really uh, connecting with you uh, brought it to, to a whole mm -hmm. new level actually uh, uh, which is just an integration of something old we used to do already for many lifetimes mm -hmm. uh, yeah which we will get uh, back to in a little bit because yeah. the story gets very interesting and weird <laughs> and then, yeah but in a way not weird because everybody but, yeah. is going through it's this. just pure magic yeah. eh? it's like not something that, no. that the average person see in his reality per no. perspective of what the world is and what humanity is supposed to be and that's why we're the ones <laughs> that are now talking to you about it because this is mm -hmm. all going to start becoming normal for everybody mm -hmm. and more and more people are already saying that this is what their life is turning into and 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. But be prepared eh, to really uh, see your world crumble down and see a completely new perspective on life and the world emerging from that. Mm-hmm. Because you will really be pushed through all the illusions we ever created collectively in this moder- modern world that we that we personally come from and uh, mostly everybody comes from. Eh? So, yeah, it's... Uh, it's wicked, eh? it's like a Harry Potter story <laughs> on a whole different level. Eh? Uh, or like for me, it wasn't. Most of my work was always very grounded and very aware and present in this life, past lives, and all these kind of things just were something that started to come through very gently. I gently, but then at the time that I reconnected, uh, yeah, it's like you've expressed. Uh, the, the image of a champagne bottle and then all of a sudden pops and uh, yeah it's one thing after another that's coming through really uh, giving you insights and what life is really like eh? mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so but yeah. when we go look at the timeline of the year then we were in Belgium Almost and then going to Christmas then eh? yeah and our time. plan was not even we didn't, yeah, because everyone is always asking, okay, how do you decide to go from this place to this place? And yes, we're like, we don't decide anything. We just listen. But and also like you just come to a point that nothing else is possible yeah. until we make the right decision. Uh-huh. And it seemed that at this kind of points, we were always in a block until we found like the right thing we needed to do. And as soon as we made that choice, Everything started that's when happening. things started to flow again. And as long as we didn't find like the right answer, nothing would flow. And it was all always one situation after another, finding out like the right direction and things started to flow again. And yeah, it was very interesting in an energetic way. Because first... In December we... then. But then in December it started to become a little bit nuts again with the, the, the current situation that was going on with the epidemia. Uh, and then they started to talk about vaccinating kids in Belgium and we kind of wanted to avoid the outcome uh, of what it was going to be. And then I had an old connection from Belgium that was living in Mallorca and he kind of offered the option of maybe doing something together where I could go with combo sessions and where we could like work out something to, to yeah, go deeper in our personal spiritual thing that we wanted to do. And at the same time, work our way to Spain, uh, to Peru, actually, without having worries of being in Belgium, a place where none of us wanted to be, actually. No, the thing uh, is... It was difficult than looking to the kids, the family situation, a seven-year-old kid, right here, we had a two-year son going on and off between us and his dad as well for a while. Mm-hmm. So there were some really, really difficult... Uh, and hard decisions to be made as well before there really was a big flip around in our whole life situation yeah Um, basically in a few weeks time we had to make a whole lot of important decisions because this person that we were communicating with in Mallorca we had the opportunity at the time that is the way (laughs) that it was communicated anyway 
is that we would have been able to work together and do the work that we like to do in a setting where it would be appreciated, basically. Um, like Mallorca is a place where there's also a lot of holistic uh, things happening. The holistic community is bigger there than it is in Belgium. And we need, we wanted to save up some money, build towards our future and, and do, do it in a way that we would enjoy ourselves um, doing work that we enjoy doing. And also neither one of us likes the cold. <laughs> <laughs> so we wanted to be somewhere warm to do this. And that's why we decided to take the opportunity and go there. But then, of course, uh, in only a few weeks time, all kinds of stuff had to happen in Belgium. We had just moved into this other apartment and now not even a month later or a month and a half later, we decided that we were going to move to another country. Mm -hmm. um, my daughter had just started a new school and she was there for a month and we also talked to her about it and said, okay, this opportunity is here. Mm -hmm. How, what do you think about this? I and had to do with the same with my job as well. Mm -hmm. Also go and say like, hey guys, what do you think about this? <laughs> yeah, he, he just got in Bel he got back in Belgium and he was lucky enough to get his old job back. Um, mm -hmm. And then actually a month and a half later, he had we to go... had to flip it around eh, and, yeah. and say everybody uh, how the adventure would mm -hmm. change. Where we would take off to Mallorca. Yeah, and there's also, of course, for unreason for reasons that we didn't yet understand at the time, we felt a strong pull to really go to Mallorca. We didn't know why, but we both knew that it was not up to us to question why, because we clearly needed to go there, and both of us felt the same urge to go. Either even though we didn't understand it, just the fact that the other person was reflecting back to us this same intuitive nudge, okay, this is a good idea, we have to do this, was enough motivation to just go for it without knowing the outcome. Um, and that's definitely what this year has also done for me, even more so than when I was on my own, is uh, that you, you go for the unknown. You basically learn to trust the unknown even more. Mm -hmm. Till your highest potential, really push yourself mm -hmm. as far as you can go. Because you're not doing it on your own anymore, you're doing it together, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which makes it easier to trust what you cannot yet see. Mm -hmm. Which some people would call really foolish, but <laughs> but the thing is, that's the only way you're going to find out what you're really made of when you step out of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. But it was difficult also on a social way, like many friends and family. Yeah, we really didn't uh, appreciate it or, uh, yeah, kind of saw it as a good thing what was happening. Eh? They really had their opinions about it, and uh, yeah, that we disagree about the choices that we were making mm -hmm. as well. But that happens. Yeah, that is the thing that does happen with Twin Flames once they reach Union, the big test of how devoted are you to this mission. Mm -hmm. And that does happen a lot with Twin Flames when they reach Union, that there are third parties and just old connections, karmic connections as well, that are going to test this connection. 
Yeah. yeah. And also, how, like, yeah, how committed are you to this path? And the first one was actually with your ex. Mm -hmm. uh, a past life that is as well connected to the, the region where we are living now for the moment, actually. Uh, which is a very interesting story as well, on its own. Mm -hmm. But then you had to leave your son behind as well, which was already very heartbreaking time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah, from there on, going to Mallorca, the first weeks, the months for you were just like living a dream almost. Yeah, it was like um, I was paralyzed. I was there, but I was also not there. Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. everything happened so quickly. But that's also when we were pushed to really putting our heads together and figuring out, okay, we're clearly on this mission together. We have to work together. Mm -hmm. like, we really pushed into very big discomfort. Eh? That's mm -hmm. living with Mathieu uh, at this place without knowing where we would be able to go, because then the work didn't went on, like we talked about before. And also just... Because we were both Our situation, yeah, our energy that we were carrying together was heavy and very uh, affecting to the environment as well. Mm. Which was for many people also not that easy to bear and confronting definitely for the people that had soul history with us as yeah. well. Um, and then we kind of had to, yeah, we did the holidays over there. Mm. We had Christmas, New Year. And then in January, I started to finally, um, how would you say, like uh, explore the idea of having my own company as well with a huge kick in my ass from my love, which <laughs> <laughs> yes. really finally pushed me to the edge of starting my own website and company as well. And that's in January then we really were pushed to, yeah, get, get to business, do our own thing, full-time spiritual business. Uh, to make progress in whatever needed to come up, but it was so terrifying at that time. Uh, not feeling well in your space, not understanding at that time what was really going on. Uh, then figuring out how to build your own business and review your whole self and how you will apply your life experience into your lifestyle and what you want to bring to the world and how you want to express your own personal medicine. Um, until the point then that we had to leave Mathieu's house to make the first step to go for a week or two, was it, I think? Mm -hmm. To the house of his girlfriend? No, a week. A week, yeah. Yeah, uh, which was a nice place to figure things a little bit out because we finally had a little bit of space for ourselves in mm -hmm. a light, tiny little town in the mountains, yep. uh, Mallorca, which was really nice. Um, but then, yeah, both of us paralyzed out of fear and everything that was happening, not knowing what we needed to do. Yeah, Just we need, we were pushed again to go back to our cards. And then we started to play with our cards again and just try to navigate on that. Not even keep a rational mind on our finances and just invest everything that we had in our next step and whatever needed to come. Until mm -hmm. uh, really like zero bank accounts everywhere and yeah, really nothing to live for anymore. Just waiting for the next day, whatever next day would bring. So, and then from the apartment out, we made a decision through the cards to go to this apartment in the south, in the south of Mallorca. Yeah, because yeah. we were at the point then where basically 
but that's something that that's not necessarily limited to twin flame union this is just in life in general now at this time people are gonna see that their safety nets are no longer gonna be there so what's gonna happen is a lot of people have coping skills safety nets in place that they can always rely on like in my case my part-time job but that wasn't going to benefit me long term the universe didn't want me to keep on working a part-time job but i wasn't going to let it go on my own <laughs> and clearly we were meant to go to mallorca and then we were basically everything was stripped away everything that we knew that was our safety net was stripped away until just the two of us remained and our connection to source whether through uh, earth connecting to nature going into the mountains there walking or talking to our spirit guides and consulting the cards every day together that is how we started making decisions and then we did a whole year reading for just the two of us that we went to sit on a little mountain together with our different cards on the 1st of January or the, the I think it was the 1st. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And we just did a whole um, energy reading for the year for us. And it gave us so much peace of like peace of mind and clarity, basically. Because we both were receiving the same information for the same months, the same uh, energy, and we were confirming with each other that what we were receiving felt right. And then we started offering this. Well, I didn't have a choice. <laughs> After that reading, I went up to the bedroom and I started typing out an entire Instagram post where all of a sudden I was offering these readings at a promotional price. And... Um, because actually Nick said, oh, we should offer this for others. And I said, oh, no, I don't want to be that person that does <laughs> the forecast readings. There's already a bunch of those out there. I'm an Akashic Records reader, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then after we did the reading, my higher self was like, nope, you're going to do this for others together. This will be your first work that you do as a couple together. And I was like, okay. And then I came down after an hour and told him, well, I guess we will be offering this to other people and yeah we started offering the readings together and it was super successful yeah, uh, yeah. and it made me discover my skills for writing actually as well yeah, yeah. but uh something that they told me from my 18 17 18 years old already that they told me like you really have to start writing writing and i thought yeah, yeah no no i always have it between my ears i remember whatever i need to remember but like really seeing now what writing can do within this kind of processes and then the, yeah, even the readings, how much connected we really are to our intuition, to really learn how we were really actually <laughs> and yeah. see how it really worked out now through the work that we started to do. It was crazy. It was really beautiful to witness. Yeah. And I again, then it was another kind of those decisions. Uh -huh. And as soon as you pop the decision, everything started to flow like, whoa, okay. And it was very clear that this was the right choice to be made in, and that we did it in a good way. Mm -hmm. But we always needed to take action before we got results, actually. Yeah? Yep, it we was had always to... trusting in this unknown and just in your intuition 
to navigate whatever way was put out for us. Mm-hmm. Completely letting go of every old idea of how to navigate through life and make your decisions. What was expected of a person to do in his life. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And then we ended up on the coast south of Mallorca, which was really nice then. Actually, it was still February, no, January. Yeah, it was still in January. Yeah. That we ended up there and it was so warm in the sun in the morning. Yeah. It was almost like winter didn't exist there. It was from autumn to spring and back to the summer. <laughs> yeah, we were in Mallorca till the beginning of February. Fifth yeah. or something or the sixth. I think the third. Mm-hmm. The third we left to yeah. to Barcelona. Uh-huh. Yeah, but yeah. anyway, yeah, none of this stuff um, was. We didn't predict any of this. We didn't plan any of this. We, like I said before, my planning went till like. Okay, we booked the ticket, he comes to Belgium, (laughs) and after that it was like a big black hole, and I had no idea. Mm -hmm. He had no idea. People around us said, you're both crazy, what are you doing? Um, But I just had this unwavering faith in Source, and I knew by that point I had already had so many experiences with this, that it would be very foolish not to listen to that really strong voice. Although not everybody, like my mom and some people were really supportive in it as well. But yeah, some people just didn't understand it. They weren't necessarily not supportive, but they were just really not understanding it, which is understandable. Mm -hmm, Yeah, Um, even we had a hard time to accept it as well. It was not only difficult for other people, but we were on the in our exams uh, on the test, so it was now that the decisions needed to be made. This mm-hmm. wasn't the, like, how do you say? Uh, this, was, this wasn't the game, like, uh, or just a repetition of tests to try out. It wasn't a tryout at all. This was the big exam to do it, and now it had to be done right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how it felt, at least. This was the amount of pressure that we both really felt through this process Yeah. as well. But anyway, yeah, this year was not only like a big cleanup between the two of us, but also finishing up like last business with soul groups from past lives, Mm -hmm. from stuff that we were still working through and how they were connected to it. And that's... um, On a personal level and in connection between us as well. mm -hmm. Yes. And that's why when we went from one place to another, it always seemed like there was stuff that we were doing there, like we were doing work there subconsciously with these people and that they were helping us to also do our work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like. And then we had to live first from a couple of days to a couple of days eh? that we only could like book a place for three days yeah. or two days. We were and really forced, like I said, Till the point that we got like just one day and one day, mm-hmm. one day booked every day. Yeah, that we <laughs> till were the really day that we didn't from every security yeah. that we had. Yeah, really being pushed all the way to just believing doesn't matter how bad things look like. Yep. That there is always a solution straight around the corner. So like just be okay, relax, and just yeah. 
have faith in. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, of course, it sounds easy when you say it like this. Not at all, because like, we both of us have a lot of times that we went all the way mental, really like crazy. Mm-hmm. You really got so pushed through your limits, your anger, your frustrations, the sadness, the trauma you experienced in your whole life. Not even mentioning past lives then already. Uh, everything's everything comes to the table. Yes. And it's like this constantly one scenario after another reflection from one side to the other side triggering another thing and it's like only building up and getting one thing out after another thing. It really felt like living in purgatory and at the same time living together with the woman of your life and finally getting what you actually already wanted. And uh, yeah, it was very wicked to have this like two different things at the same time of going through hell while living in heaven at the same time. Uh, doing really what your heart desires, like to work, to travel, uh, like most of the people see as well on social media that we have like beautiful pictures and beautiful places and nice apartments in the way, we, the environment where we do our work in the people that we meet along the way as well. But like the hardships that it brought for us are really not so clear on that. So same same reason for the podcast. Huh? Yeah, because of um, course we talk a lot about the stuff we do, but people often think that it's oh yeah you're so lucky to be in these places and oh life must have been uh, given like given you all these gifts oh that must be so nice. But the thing is you have to be open to the unknown because these things usually happen these are not things that you plan in life most people that you see on social media that are in these places that are having all these crazy adventures like in our case being able to spend three months at a farm in the middle of spain with like a circus family that is super interesting and yeah, just being submerged in their lifestyle and all kinds of cool stuff and cool places that we got to visit that we never planned or thought of. But that's stuff that happens when you are open to whatever. And that also means that you're gonna be confronted with the unknown and, and also like not having control over your life. Mm-hmm. And that the universe usually knows better what you need to do than, mm-hmm. than you do. Mm-hmm. And we really had the feeling that we needed to stay sometime on Mallorca. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <coughs> just try to, jumping from, from to, here. No, but it's nice because like we go over the, the earthly scenario, mm-hmm. just the, the steps that we really made. And then like you give a nice recapturing of about the metaphysical things around it, uh, like a recap on the metaphysical side <laughs> on the part that I tried to bring mm-hmm. through this as well so it's cool it's cool like that um, but to be there back again at around the, ge- the end of January yeah? yep. my birthday yes yes well, my birthday, birthday we we made the decision to leave Mallorca yeah because we both we and again the decision when we say decision we pulled cards on it we sat with, <laughs> in meditation with it we kind of isolated ourselves sometimes and just sit in nature like on the beach Mm. to to connect to what is the right thing to do and we would also ask like in my case 
Yeah. I would go for walks and I would go talk to the water and ask the water to un like unleash the wisdom within me for the next step. And uh, that I, I had no idea at that point. I was just a pawn in the big game of source. And I said, okay, tell me how I have to serve you. And I know people have difficulties with that word, but I use it a lot because I feel like I'm here in service of something way bigger and that's why I it was all about accepting you have to accept at one point that you are here for something bigger and that you have to just take directions and listen mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and connect to what it is that you're supposed to be doing mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that's and by yeah. living in surface for service for mm -hmm. source source takes care of you in the best way like you will always have exactly what you need I, I, Actually, yeah, just to make whatever step yeah. you need to make. But like, yeah, have faith in that is that's what very we, easy said, but a very big step yeah. to take. And that's what this uh, year has been for us. Yeah. yeah. And then that's how we decided to go to Barcelona. Yeah. Because somehow Barcelona kept coming up for us and nick had already been there in the past and he said that is a good place to go also work related and stuff it would be more interesting because mallorca was at that point not really active um uh, anymore out of season for the tourists yes so, so especially for the work that we do yeah and then also the plans that we had originally to work with this other person fell through so all of a sudden the only thing we had planned didn't go through and there we were in another country <laughs> so then we had to really connect and ask source like what was the meaning of this you brought us here and now it seems like we made a mistake but then we both kept receiving intuitively no you're exactly where you have to be even though we had no idea what that looked like at that point but then later we also both received um, from our guidance that we were meant to make those connections again with certain people in Mallorca to heal certain past life events that were still influencing us right now as a twin flame couple but also individually well, mostly trauma with executions in the past yeah that actually really needed to be faced again and meeting yep. those people involved in those yeah. executions. And so I was able to see all these things mm -hmm. again. Yeah. And that's the thing, because it, that's what's been happening to me personally, how I've made connections with my own Akashic records. But then it started happening to us so that I started seeing the things for both of us. Mm -hmm. And I only felt that. And that yeah. was the thing that I had to trust in then was actually in your vision because mm -hmm. I lack the vision and I still have a lot of work on that perspective. But I'm feeling a lot and I'm hearing a lot. Mm -hmm. And that's the way that I navigate actually like a blind man through higher dimensions or densities. Yeah. But uh, it's beautiful to see how we well, work together yeah. actually. Uh, mm -hmm. We managed to make our steps and decisions. Yes. It's, and then we decided to go to Spain yeah. with the boat. We took an eight yeah. hour long boat trip from Mallorca to Barcelona. Yeah. And we then, went to Badalona actually. Yeah, like a which is like a suburb of Barcelona. Yeah. 
Yes. Because the first apartment was very noisy, but also very difficult for all of us. Eh? Yeah. Because Nora really started to become a very difficult uh, daily situation because she started to release a lot of anger and frustrations because she, she wasn't able to express herself and she didn't even understand herself where all these emotions were coming from. But uh, we also, yeah, uh, had some hard things going on between us as well, huh? because uh, just the whole story till so far already pushed us so far that we started to question ourselves and each other and everything that was happening. And yeah, like we got often to points where like I can understand that like many twin flames, they just leave each other again because things are too intense and too difficult. And one or the other doesn't want to face any certain aspects that pop up or it's too difficult. But they just say like, nope, I'm okay with this. I don't need this in my life now. I'll go and look for my way again. And then yeah, twins separate mm -hmm. again out of intensity of the healing that goes on. Yeah, because a lot of shadows yeah. come up. Yeah. And a lot of just stuff that you have managed to escape from or run away from or ignore your whole life they're gonna bring it up and they don't even have to do anything you don't have to even do anything it's just gonna come up and that's why yeah that is why a lot of twin flames they do the runner chaser dynamic the cat and mouse game where they split up they get back together and they split up and they get back together but we agreed on a soul level before being born that we didn't want to do that and that the one a part of our mission was also to really do this very quickly very uh, intensely um because and and that's gonna sound arrogant but that's not supposed to sound arrogant is that we were basically strong enough to do this this way so that we could be here for when there were other twin, twin flames that were gonna go through the same thing, that there's gonna be people that have to be ready to assist all these other people that are gonna be going through this. So we did this so that we would be ready. Mm -hmm. But it was very difficult for me. I yeah. was really fighting with accepting yeah, our role and what we are supposed to become. Mm -hmm. It was a difficult process. Eh? I think it was one of the first times as well that we both took some time for ourselves. Eh? That I left for another place for three days. Yeah. yeah. For three nights. Eh? Yeah, because like in a normal yeah. situation, like normal couples, usually when you're working, you, you're like on your own during the day, you have time to yourself during the day and you get together in the evening. And, and you're together during the weekends and stuff, but you have your free time on your own when you're in a normal work routine or whatever. But with us, we were just constantly together, forced to be together, to constantly yeah. be tuning in to find the solution for what was the next step, what were we doing, all this stuff that was also coming up between us, mm -hmm. um, stuff that comes up with twin flame couples, ancestral a baggage that you're still carrying with you trauma from your childhood or past lives or stuff that is just still influencing you and standing in the way of you really becoming the best version of yourself so that you can be there
to help others. So all of that stuff was coming up. And you also just need time sometimes to to process it, to integrate all of it, to let it all settle down. Kind of like when you shake a can of soda and it starts to freak out and explode, then you have to put the can down so to let it settle first before you open it up. And it's like we were in this can that was constantly being shaken up, constantly, and nobody was ever putting the can down. And that's what we were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was like. Yeah. And then, then yeah, we took a few days apart to really just be on our own and relax. And yeah, we started doing that ever since here and there that we will be like, okay, we'll see you tomorrow or see you in a few days. Yeah. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you just need time alone. Mm -hmm. Well, not only that, it was also a healthy relationship just to miss each other and, and to be able to share things and insights and yeah, it's just a part that's necessary as well. Huh? You can be facing things one thing after well, another no. without having time to sit with them. And you have to support mm. yeah, their well, individual yeah. growth. Yeah, we really learned like this unconditional setting of really wanting to see the best person in your partner in whatever they need to do to reach that point and just support them without any question like if if, if she needed some time alone then that was fully okay with me like just like do whatever you need to do to to find your balance again to find your fire again and yeah just support each other mm -hmm. all the way uh, and catching each other when we were dropping to our knees to take care of each other and to make yeah, make sure that we were walking again mm -hmm. on the same flow. Mm -hmm. It was uh, yeah. a wicked adventure that tested us in, in every aspect that we believed in and how we perceived our lives. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes, because yeah. they see you the way that you, that like nobody else can see you they, mm -hmm. they see things that nobody else that you don't even see it is, yeah. and they what they do is they hold up the mirror for you so that you can see yourself the way they see you but mm -hmm. if you're in um how do you say it if you resist those parts of yourself or that in potential neglection, then you're yeah potential. then you're just gonna get angry yeah. at what they're saying yeah. And because they're the only one, because it could be easier, of course, yes, you could be with somebody else and, and it's not going to be triggering and people think, oh, is it supposed to be that hard? Um, but then you just put a pause on your own personal process that you could have in one lifetime. Mm -hmm. Instead of allowing a lot of work, very hard work, but like the experience on the soul level, I think, that you get out of that in one lifetime, it can bring completely new things for so many people. Mm -hmm. like, this isn't even about us. Huh? Yeah. No, yeah. and you have to realize yeah. that when you realize the nature of this connection, the first thing that you will realize is how big this is. That's the first thing that I realized when I saw what we were to each other. 
I realized this is not about me. This is not about him. This is not even about what either one of us wants, actually. <laughs> this is this is something that is meant to happen and that needs to happen. And that is something way bigger than, than what I want. And the thing is, the universe is also going to line that up with what you want because this person automatically you're going to want to be with them they're you're going to be magnetized by them you're going to want to be around them you're going to feel more motivated and more inspired but it's also like coming in line just with the universal desire of everything of what source energy really mm -hmm. wants to express yes or create Mm -hmm. And that's the only thing that we are here as a puzzle piece of the whole play to put it together with everybody else, uh, just to bring this desire, this expression of unconditional love and mm -hmm. oneness and unity yes. again. Uh, but that doesn't mean as well the positivity. It's not about taking away the negativity, but it's more like about accepting the dance between both and the way they energize creation into becoming what it is and overgrowing it like creating a marriage between duality now and going to unity and accepting of the, the darkness and the goodness and it's the dance that's necessary to have this life experience i think which is for us as well a big life lesson that came through and it became very clear this year i know uh, so i think this is a beautiful thing that we are doing with many people everybody with his own medicine his own way uh, which became this year for us very clear that there were some really crazy things going on eh? for uh, yeah the current times on earth eh? that we are all here for a very special time on earth a crazy shift that never happened before mm -hmm. a new level of experience that's so where were we on the timeline barcelona barcelona eh? the first time that uh, i took some time for myself in another apartment mm -hmm. and then short after we moved to another place in Badalona as well. Yes, because we were going to have visitors and our place wasn't big enough. Yeah. So we found a place with more bedrooms. And for our wedding, of course. Because mm -hmm. yeah. then we got, yes, because that's something too, like not, nobody could have foreseen that we w would end up getting married yeah which none of uh, none of us was actually planning to do for the rest of our lives was to get involved in a, a marriage or for you in your case and, another marriage and, uh, <laughs> yeah because it actually started after he booked his ticket and we were it was a few days no i think he was on his way to the airport and like talking to me or in between airports on his way to Belgium and because of course he had hours and hours of waiting for his planes and I was awake or like too nervous to sleep so we were just messaging each other constantly during the whole duration of that trip when he wasn't uh, on the plane anyway and uh, that's when you said like jokingly we were just joking and he suddenly said, would you ever get married again? But like with a bunch of emojis behind it so that it wouldn't seem like he was serious. We were talking about <laughs> yeah. your, only your old marriage. Eh? <laughs> and then and I yeah. said, um, yeah, and that's when I realized, oh, this guy is actually really asking, but trying not to seem like he's asking. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and 
and I can't remember what I what I responded, but no, I. But that wasn't that much, though. We left it away, and then it was yeah. actually till the first two weeks. I think the second week we were together. Yes. Yes. Uh, just being silly and in laughing for hours yeah. at a certain night that I kind of said that but no, no serious now if you're really not not sure and if you really think that I'm serious maybe I need to be serious and then I really asked you huh? uh. yes <laughs> <laughs> and then he asked me I think in the second week that we were so yeah uh. we were together for maybe a week and a half and he asked me to marry him yeah but yeah, there's no way around it. We have to do this. Like, why, like, why not get married? We were already doing the whole family thing, even without having a usual romantic relationship in meeting and dating. Yeah, and, we kind of skipped all uh, of that and yeah. went straight to being a family of three. Yeah. <laughs> so we kind of just immediately became a family. Yeah. And it also felt very natural mm -hmm. and not weird. It felt like that was the way it had always been. Mm -hmm. But, but that of was course, weird in its own. Yeah. That it felt so comfortable and so yeah. familiar. <laughs> but that would become a normal feeling for us well, because everybody else that we would meet along the course of the past year, we would get recognition feelings with. So th that was not, not really that weird after mm -hmm. a while. But yeah, in the beginning, when we were all three living together, it just felt normal and like we had always been a family. Like this was... A normal day for us like we were not new to each other and because also we have had past lives where we were a family before so that is also what was starting to come through the second apartment in uh, Badalona yes to the Barcelona. Marriage, of course because then yes, he said yes. you want, want me to marry you uh, in, in uh, want to marry you in October yeah and I said, yes. <laughs> and then he said, we'll see about the date, blah, blah. We kind of said, we'll let the universe decide. Yeah. And then in January or December, you were saying we should get married on the 22nd of February because the date would have been 2-2-2 two, 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 and two more twos. Nah. Yes. <laughs> And then that's the date that we said we would get married. We didn't know yet how or where or whatever, but it would all become clear. <laughs> mm -hmm. yes. And then, yeah, so we started planning everything a little bit. While going through some of these crazy um, initiations mm -hmm. and confronting uh, experiences where, yeah, all of these things just come up when you first get together with your twin flame, like all your own childhood issues or past relationship issues or just parental past, issues. Yes. Um, all kinds of stuff or your the whole own insecurity. <laughs> yeah, insecurities and all kinds of stuff. Mm. And uh, it comes up. And that's why a lot of people they will run away from each other when it's too confrontational but we didn't <laughs> we no and those were just uh, the highest tipping points were just the times that we decided to take a little bit of time for ourselves mm -hmm. um, and then and we those always were got really back magical together. moments actually as a medicine towards the situation we were in because on a very short time both of us managed to recover a lot of energy to just continue 
and then when oh, we would get back together with these new insights yeah. it would be very clear and we would know it was always confirmation um that we were doing the right thing and that we were on the right track and mm -hmm. that we were really actually doing pretty good together yeah, that we were actually doing a lot of work together yes, it is. Mm -hmm. yeah. and then we were in the second apartment in barcelona and we got married in gaudi park mm -hmm. i don't know if you don't know what that is there's an artist gaudi he has an entire park in uh, he well he's no longer living of course in barcelona uh, with all kinds of special architecture, a lot of colors, it's really nice. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting with you as well, because you have a lot of background from school. Yes, because I studied art history, yeah. so we got married over there. Yeah, Yay. on the mountain, <laughs> uh, next to the park. Yeah. Uh, but it was just a tiny private ceremony to mm -hmm. seal the day and... Uh, yes decision to the universe mm -hmm. uh, for the Akashic Records and then later in Peru we're going to do an official wedding to put it on paper and everything yes. uh, with friends and family of course mm -hmm. but um, yeah it was too beautiful to miss as well the 22nd yes. of February 2022 we were like yeah. no wait <laughs> we can miss that mm -hmm. and I know that yeah. a lot of people were probably like so you met this guy not even a year ago uh, well, about a year ago, because in the beginning of February of exactly the year before is when I did his first reading, when mm -hmm. he had contacted me through a mutual friend yeah. who had had a reading with me and he <laughs> wanted a reading too. Yeah. And that's when we first connected. But then there were months of no contact. Then the second, well, there was sporadic contact. Yeah, the, like, uh, the readings were a big piece of integration mm -hmm. as well. Like, and then I didn't really hear from him till May, mm -hmm. when he said he had made the decision to move to Peru. Yeah. And, and then I sent it. I texted you when I was on the airport, uh, waiting for my flight to leave to Madrid. Yes. Yeah. yeah, there were these like little things. Looking back at it now, that are clearly signs that we were all that we were twin flames, and we were not aware of it yet. Just moments that he messaged me when out of the blue I would think about him or feel his energy present with me and I didn't understand like why is this, this guy's guy. <laughs> energy popping up in my brain I haven't thought about this guy in months what is happening <laughs> and not being aware of it at all no. as well <laughs> and it started getting more and more intense and then we started messaging each other it's like both of us got activated at the same time to start connecting closer and closer to each other mm -hmm. so yeah and then anyway fast forward mm -hmm. back October, we, and then he asked me to marry him, I said yes, then February we got married, yeah. and yeah, a lot of people were like, well, you're already getting married, um, isn't that a big a bit fast, but there was, mm -hmm. it was just a logical next step in all of this work that we'd already been doing with listening to Source, listening to the universe, um, this was just logical. Mm-hmm. Yes. Even that it was uh, really wicked as well, and it, it took a time to accept it for ourselves as well. 
<laughs> again, every time, over and over again, being pushed and pushed to accept more and more and more and more and let go more and more and more. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, kind of feels like yeah, the good year of initiation now, which was wicked. Uh, and it feels like things are coming to a point of uh, flowing now, how we kind of managed to, to wave it a little bit together. But at first, like uh, after Barcelona, we had to find a new place. Yes. Uh, after the wedding, but and then yeah, we wanted to like just be live a little bit cheaper because the big cities were yeah. expensive, and you we had, had like this idea from your youth when you were going on holidays yes. in a certain region here in Spain. No. Well, idea again, of course, that's just another example of how source pushes us in a specific direction without us realizing what we're doing, why we're going there, why we need to be there. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, we were in Barcelona. It was getting too expensive to stay there long term because... yeah, so we started looking around for towns or areas. And there was also a very big congress and the prices were ah, almost okay. double. And there was also yeah. a reason why we couldn't book anything else for that time. All kinds of stuff yeah. was happening. That we just needed to leave because the environment wasn't like fit anymore for, for uh, our budgeting. Work, yeah. And yeah. then budget, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we started just looking and all of a sudden, like... I had never even heard of this place. I was looking at the map of the coastline on Airbnb because you can see prices like for specific regions of the country and on a map like along the coastline going a little bit down uh, towards Valencia, there was a place called Peniscola and I'm like, okay, I've never heard of that, but everything was really cheap. It was fairly cheap. Yeah, we had a really very cheap winter actually. And then we went there, uh, not understanding why we were there or Mm. like, what what are we doing here? But there was a really big castle, a very big castle that apparently is pretty well known in Spain Mm -hmm. and is a pretty big tourist attraction, something that we didn't know when we booked the apartment. So a lot of Templar history uh, mm-hmm. around this region as well. Same place where we are now, actually, yeah. Toledo also. And so. then, yeah, so we were in Peniscola for about three months or longer. Mm-hmm. How long? Four months. Mm-hmm. The longest we've Wait, ever been anywhere, we, I think. We met Conzo in June. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it was still June. Yeah, the beginning of June we left. Yes, and we were there. And we were there from... The end of February, right after the wedding. Mm. So say March, April... Four Four months. months. Anyway, yeah. (laughs) Four Mm. months we were there. And it became clear. It also seems like each location was connected to a different past life on the timeline of our souls together of the lifetimes that we had shared because of course when you're a twin flame or whatever just two souls connected you're gonna have your lifetimes that you've lived the both of you together and you're gonna have your separate lifetimes where you were not incarnated together and it seemed like now all these lifetimes were coming up that we still needed to clean up 
together. So we were going like being dropped by the universe really at these different locations where there was stuff left for us to clear up together. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, even like so vividly the like by walking actually through the castle's ground that you could like just see for yourself the life scenarios of an old memory playing in front of you out. Huh? The thing is like also yeah. describe the details like mm -hmm. that you see straight in front of you happening like from a third person out of your own memory. Because yeah, we ended up in Venezuela not understanding why we were there, but then we started going on walks along the beach on our own and stuff. And little, I had already seen memories of of some past lives of my own in the past, and some of these little puzzle pieces were now coming back up and connected to the region that we were staying in. So I was now realizing that those things that I had seen in the past were connected to this place that I was staying at now. And by walking around there, I was seeing more images, like little movie cuts from like film cuts from the same movie, and they were all coming together. And when we were, when we started, so rewinding now back to January, when we started doing the energy forecast readings, the yearly forecast readings, uh, I saw an image of me and Nick together doing this work on like an old town square somewhere wearing cloaks. So we were cloaked so nobody would recognize us. And I saw that image combined with a few other images that I'd seen and then we were walking to the castle and when we were walking around there i recognized all the different like buildings and and places of the the images from that lifetime and uh yeah and then we also took a few days apart because for me i felt like it was like a volcano building up building up all this information was coming in and it was creating a very big conflict within me that I all kinds of stuff was starting to come up but also an anger that I couldn't really place at the time mm -hmm. and I started projecting it or was afraid of projecting it onto Nick and it mm -hmm. felt like this anger I don't know why mm -hmm. but then uh, of course if you're afraid of a certain aspect of emotion then you see it projecting of course in your in your physical life as well so you projected the fear then and you know you decided that you really uh, could use like a moment for yourself again or to sit a bit with yourself to come to yourself because it has been like at that time more than seven years since you had like a full-time date for yourself without kids or anything that you can bring like your well, yeah. full attention back to yourself i didn't really have any time to myself yeah. apart from when i was working my part-time job out mm -hmm. of the house but just time to relax and I didn't really have that and then I uh, ended up staying at a place like one or two streets away from our apartment stayed there for three days three days mm -hmm. and just had a room to myself just had a place to myself um, yeah and I went for beach walks every day and was just I was and I didn't work during those days I had one coaching session with somebody and I just kind of sat with all the information that came through. And at the same time, 
a friend of ours that we also have a connection with that will come up later in the story was going through a very similar thing like we both had some kind of clearing happening like in the sacral area like connected to feeling safe or feeling um supported and all kind of stuff mm -hmm. and then all of the images started coming back when i was on my own i had like a two or three hour beach walk on my own during those three days and i was just kind of standing there by the water and looking at the castle and then i heard a voice like step in the water so i step in the water and but i had been working a lot before with water energies and the mermaid energies so i'm like okay i'm just gonna just tell me what i need to know and then just this wave washed over me of sadness and and then all the images started to come back like a whole film like all the puzzle pieces that i didn't see it of the movie of that castle that lifetime they all fell into place the missing puzzle pieces and then i saw how there was a big chapter that was standing between us that needed to be cleared out in our twin flame connection but also just that lifetime that we were also there working as oracles on the street doing card readings for people mm -hmm. And uh, that that was the place where we got chased off and then killed eventually. And that he was unable to save me, basically, or protect me from what was going to happen. And that that was uh, about me having to also trust him, of course, and, and just be completely open to trusting mm -hmm. and knowing that it's safe now to work together. Yeah. And also to trust your husband. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Still feels crazy to Man. say it, husband. It yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I kind of forgot where I was now. Oh, yeah, the time that you took off and then it's cool. Yeah, and then we mm. were able, and a big, we both felt a shift in the energy. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it was a big lifetime, a medieval lifetime where we were also separated, and mm -hmm. the sadness of that separation was then also healed, and just all these different times where we were separated uh, came up because there was a day back rewinding a little bit to Barcelona where also this big fear came over me right before we were going to get married yeah. but then that was connected to a lifetime in Avalon and Atlantis we later saw um, where the moment we got close together basically it became dangerous for twin flames to be together and they became a target and subconsciously that fear was playing up and I was trying to run away and sabotage the whole thing. Um, but, but I thought I was doing him a favor and protecting him from being a potentially uh, a target because that's what happened in Atlantis basically. And that's the thing that happens with a lot of twin flames and why subconsciously they push the other away because they are on a soul level still feeling the, the pain of mm -hmm. what happened when they were together. Right, and in Avalon you're casting me away from Yeah, the so all these the dynamics are going to come yeah. up, where yeah. all these things that you have done to each other in past lives, um, they're going to come up and like you're going to be afraid that they're going to abandon you, you're going to be afraid that they're going to judge you, or whatever and that is the thing you may have already overcome these fears 
or you think you have, and then they unveil a deeper layer of that same wound, and they're the only one that can do it for you, but it's very intense, and that's why a lot of people say, I can't do this. I don't want to do hmm. But yeah, so now back to Peniscola and yeah. uh, the castle. So yeah, we both felt a shift in the energy, and that something really big left. Mm-hmm. And we yeah, started yeah. to feel the call to move on from the region. Mm-hmm. And, and it's it also always... the first time that we kind of got a, a higher perspective on what we were actually doing with the spoon as well. And we were going like from point to point to point just to exactly do this, what we're telling now. Getting like one story after another from our Akashic records actually mm-hmm. out that still needed to be healed at the places where it really happened. So actually visit the places where these memories took place though. Yeah. And that was wicked to And we also yeah it, then and see the same people around the same environment connecting to the same happenings from the past in different yeah perspectives now then doing their own healing and healing their own karma from similar stories and exactly the same story you're healing from as well at that time you connect uh, but it was actually a spiral uh like a ripple effect that we were healing it for the two of us but that we were actually clearing it for the environment yeah, as well eh? imprinting it into the region and mm-hmm. for everybody that has had similar things happen because it's a collective thing like the inquisition in spain is a collective wound and if there's a mm-hmm. network of a few people spread out over the region doing this personally then they're going to create a ripple effect and all these dots are going to connect and the collective is going to benefit from it and they're going to be able to more quickly and easily clear their own things mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we've done it first yeah. and that's what twin flames are here to do that's mm-hmm. actually what they're doing but so yeah we started seeing a pattern the ripple. <laughs> yeah. and we started seeing a pattern uh-huh. in what the universe was actually doing mm-hmm. and that we were following the dots and just um yeah mm-hmm. Doing Following. our own work and like leaving something mm-hmm. beautiful behind for every place that we yeah. pass by. <laughs> and that's when we started meeting people too that were connected to those lifetimes, to those mm-hmm. to us in that time, to our life. Mm-hmm. And that's when we met. What was her name again? Carmen. Yeah. That yeah. was a lady. You can tell. Yeah, we we were hiking. Oh, was it? It was a walk of. Oh. I think it was around eight kilometers, a little bit more than we had to walk from the house to Peniscola Center. Uh, but then, yeah, for Nora, yeah, it was crazier with the luggage and it became very difficult. But then I think practically halfway through the walk, there was this red car that stopped and this older lady that came out like, oh, guys. Like, can I help you? Do you need a ride? And yeah, it was like a gift out of heaven at that time. Because <laughs> it was quite hot as well with the luggage that we were carrying. It was a, yeah, a strong hike. So we decided to go with her. And then apparently as soon as we arrived to the apartment, she was actually living just across us uh, or like across the street from our apartment. Uh, and yeah, then you noticed as well that she was a person who helped us out in that time yeah. as well, and that it was a region where people from our type of living, being 
yeah, with, with cards and oracles uh, and holistic healers and all the witches. Doing the witches, uh, the witches region, which was then a bay not far from the city, but like a protected bay almost yeah. of a small mountain region with coastline and rocks, uh, which was a very quiet place away from tourism. So it was funny then to see this part of the story popping up and being in this setting and then meeting this lady and also finding a lot of peace. It was a, a quite a nice place actually. Yeah. Uh, we both got sick from yeah, getting we... to this point of rest actually. And then like a lot of stuff that needed to We both to come got out. a fever yeah. out of nowhere. And yeah. it seemed like for me, because I had had this profound experience then um, those three days on my own, I also had a complete embodiment of that past life aspect of myself that came through and also conveyed to me that I basically had cleared that wound that she had, so that part of my soul basically, and she came through and said thank you, and that it's basically neutralized, mm -hmm. so it was healed. And then we had to move a few days later, two days after I got back, we had to move to the other place. And that's when we met that lady, Carmen. And um, yeah, I immediately saw an image of her as somebody that was helping us in that lifetime and that she also came to us for readings on the street and she protected us kind of. And that, that in this lifetime, she wanted to help us out again. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, we, yeah, like she helped us with grocery shopping and stuff. And then, yeah, there was this recognition and she was also open when we talked about past lives. She was interested and she was immediately open to uh, uh, the information when we told yeah. her, yeah, we feel like we know you from she, a past She life. straight away connected the dots. Uh, yeah, uh, she said that she felt the same immediately. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's happened with people that we've met along the way. Uh, <laughs> that they immediately recognized it. We immediately recognized it. And it was like, it's this year has just been like super weird synchronicity, fifth dimensional living. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then mm. there's just all this stuff happens. You can no longer deny that you just have to surrender. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but it is, it is. So where were we on the timeline? Uh, the second apartment of Peniskin, uh -huh. and then we went to the, the other apartment, just in the center of the touristic area, part of The biggest, Peniskin. the place where we were the longest, yeah. yep. Yeah. The mosquito apartment. Oh, yeah. yeah, we have nicknames for all the different places that we've been staying at, and that was the mosquito <laughs> apartment. Uh, yeah, for the daughter it was a very hard time. And then we were already working for a while with Cambo, with her as well, to help her to feel and purge the frustrations and the anger that she was facing and projecting on us as well, which made things very difficult no? to, to just do things that we needed to do as well. So there was things going on at multiple levels at that time, which were all reaching reaching a peak of their highest point to be yeah, cleared out actually. So yeah, and then we discovered as well that she, no, not then, it was later that we discovered what was really the, the root of the anger. No, but maybe we should take a break and go to the toilet and come back to it later though. They went back again to the adventure of Twin Flames. Ta-da! <laughs> 
So where were we in the story? Well, at the point that we helped Nora purging the anger yep. and frustrations. But I think we still didn't got to the roots then, but managed to give but, her a huge release. Yeah. Well, but there's a few mosquito like, sub-chapters, because I feel yeah. like we're sketching the entire line of, of the year. But yeah. then there's also subcategories like sub stories that have mm -hmm. been playing out. So sometimes you will hear us going back um, to the beginning of the year and then going back again. But this is because we have like we have the combo storyline, which is the medicine that Nick uses uh, and mm -hmm. how we or got in introduced Europe. to it. Yeah. So that's something that we'll just talk about uh, in a little bit. And um, then there's also the professional work line, like how it's influenced our work and mm -hmm. being of service and how we've experienced it. That's something that we'll also talk about. But that's actually well, the biggest line ever. Yeah. I that we're talking about now. Mm -hmm. That's actually the line between us, how we experienced and how we saw it evolving without, without mentioning the combo. Oh, or, yeah. But also the, the just how living together and yeah. doing the work on ourselves and just experiencing together the twin union actually and getting yeah. to know each other yeah. better. That's uh, yeah. So mm -hmm. we were in the mosquito apartment, mm -hmm. which actually was to me the nicest apartment that yeah. we had been uh, because it was just really large, uh, a lot of space, a really big balcony close to the beach. But we just, uh, it was a period of time where we were under a lot of pressure. And all that stuff had been building up, all these, the things that we had been working on, the shifts that we've been going through. Um, yeah. Not finding the space to integrate the pressure to work, mm -hmm. to get things done. <clears throat> it was really a conflict of many things together yeah. and then also Nora not feeling well and expressing a lot of anger and fear uh, and frustrations to big extremes and not even finding rest and at night as well it was a very yeah. turbulent and chaotic time and a very beautiful place uh, at the same, again, this very dark and very light thing mm -hmm. at the same time is yeah. God, that that's what the whole year <laughs> a, lot, a lot of shadows with like extremes, a lot of like euphoric mm. moments of being in gratitude and realizing that you are living this magical life that other people only dream about, but at the same time you're also visiting your worst nightmares because you're seeing all these shadows that are now exposed by all of this light that this union brings, this big light, which of course reveals all these shadows that were unseen before. Mm -hmm. And that's what a lot of people oversee when they talk about Twin Flame Union. There's, yes, there is this unified big light that this union brings, but then you see the shadows. That's true. That is, that is, yeah. <laughs> and that is also that's where the majority of the work lies when you reach union within like the first um, few months or years after mm. union and not the lovey-dovey thing most people think it would be 
No, but that's what you get when you do the work. Mm-hmm. Then you have these moments of relaxation and just looking at each other and realizing that you are just at peace. Mm-hmm. And there is no doubt or no question. It's like really a secure setting, like a big surge of ages and uh, has gone by. It's like, oh wow, finally a next chapter done with searching for something that I wasn't even sure of what I was uh, searching in my life. Uh, It was this unity to get the work done that we needed to do and to live in peace and love. Peace and love. (laughs) Okay, anyway. So. Yeah. No, but that's what I'm saying. So for us, I think for me, that was a period where where I was like, okay, where for the first time I was considering that maybe we would better be separated. That's when I was first really considering, okay, with the next money that we have, like I wasn't even telling him any of this. Mm-hmm. But I was going through the same thoughts at the same that time. That I was saying, okay, you need to go because clearly I make you miserable and you want to, you don't want to live or whatever. And he was having the same ideas with me, ironically, and neither one of us ever said anything like that. But that's the thing with twin flames. You're going to bring these shadows up in each other. And then when you realize you're both going through the same thing, then you're like, oh, okay. So actually we're choosing to feel this miserable feeling, but we can use this to our benefit. Mm-hmm. Flip it around. Yep. And do something about it. Because we feel the same and we don't want this. And we need to heal this. And mm-hmm. We need to look for the solution instead of being focused on the problem. And then we also realized that it that yeah. that's also where we started to really see how it was connected to the places where we were located at and those past lives. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That was actually just going through these old energies, old emotions mm-hmm. that just needed to come through, play out again. And it was all about how we would make the outcome to be like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like at the end that we made really good decisions actually. It was also a test of yeah. how... Oh, yeah. Because that was one of the lifetimes that we were really traumatically separated. And it was basically the, the test in trust. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, this, this and this happened. You did this, you did this. How well do you trust each other to to realize that this time it's going to be different? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we went through all of these emotions again and not understanding like why one day I felt super betrayed or super angry or abandoned when there was no reason for any of this, logically speaking. Mm-hmm. And I felt the same. Yeah. And then we started talking to each other about these things and which was in uh, that which was already like a scary thing to do because yeah. this is a very deep level of, of emotions that you're gonna be but you have to talk about mm-hmm. it but it's like as soon as you say it you express it vocally and you bring it out into the world and that's for the first time expressing something you feel inside is already a healing all by itself 
and then having to trust that the other person is going to receive you and what you're saying and not judge you and or abandon you or yeah. whatever. Just accept you for what mm-hmm. it is. And, yeah. and then, yeah, that, that's what it's about. It's about just unconditional acceptance of this other person mm-hmm. and not trying to put conditions on them. But rather hold space for each other to make sure we get all the way through it and we can clean it up and heal it up and let it all out, uh, let it out all the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of course, sometimes these kind of things they don't look nice at all. That's a very difficult thing. But either way, it's not a bad thing. If you want to heal it, you need to let it out and go through it, and then you can really let go for the rest of your life. You know. Yeah, because that's the thing, there's a lot of people that go through these same lessons in 30 years time. Mm-hmm. And we've both been shown by our spirit guides that we planned this, we planned to reunite and then go through a whole bunch of lessons at a very quick time frame. Mm-hmm. And put ourselves in a position where it would be just impossible to run away from each other yeah we would be forced like to really go through it all the way and if you don't face it then you have a problem because you're going to need to face it that's it end of discussion (laughs) yeah so that's the thing most twin flames they are in a position where they can still walk away from each other Mm -hmm. but we were just always we were both you know in a strange country um only having each other to rely on so we couldn't really run away <laughs> from the connection. Mm-hmm. And that's why I now see why we also were not allowed to stay in Belgium because I could have easily run away. He mm-hmm. could have easily run away. Yes. We have family, we have friends that we could have just said like, okay, bye. Yeah. Um, that could have been a distraction. Yeah. And clearly we were not allowed to go <laughs> through a lot of these things separate we had to really go through it together yes mm-hmm. uh, and then we moved to the fourth apartment with the dolphin the dolphin swimming yes, pool yes. <laughs> yeah climbing a mountain to get to the apartment but it was beautiful no? we had a really beautiful sight from the mountain behind the castle Mm-hmm. Like all the way onto the coastline with the castle and the mm-hmm. city view, and it was quiet as well for being just out of reach of the center actually of the city uh, or the village. It's not really a big city, though. Mm-hmm. It's a big village. Yeah, but well, it was yeah beautiful, beautiful experience. And then with Nora, it was also a better time. We had some good things going on there though with the swimming pool lots of swimming every yeah, day yeah it was a relaxing um, time yeah and we also went to celebrate my first client that i had well first individual a coaching client, coaching yeah. individual because we had been doing twin flame coaching uh, yeah. for a few months already yeah, by that point yeah and we'll get to all the, the like the that stuff later but yeah so we went for uh big dinner we had a big because uh, i think we went for dinner one time in mallorca because we were really trying to like um watch our finances and yeah, stuff yeah, and yeah. be responsible but i think we had two really nice yeah. dinners 
in Mallorca yes. before we left. Yep. Uh, the big uh, barbecue restaurant it was. Well, uh, yeah, that was a. That was really really great job. And then in Peniscola, yeah, because it was such a. Uh, yeah, it's the coastline here in Spain. Fish dishes, paella, uh, and all kinds of fruits from the sea. So we went to go crazy that night, actually, though. We had all, everything we wanted to drink, and, everything and Nora, we wanted to eat. And Nora, she loved it because she was yeah. at a restaurant and it was a party for her. She was really yeah. happy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know it is. <laughs> no, but that was nice, indeed. But then things got a little bit uh, unsure again. Uh, unsure. Uh, we started to think then... Uh, you might be pregnant. No, that was later. That was later. It, but you started to feel bad after that night. Yes, actually, yes. I started to be really nauseous, you, and yeah. I thought, well, I usually don't drink alcohol. I don't really drink. Mm. But that night we had cocktails and all kinds of stuff, <laughs> and um, yeah, and then I was sick for a few days, and I'm like, well, this is uh, clearly I'm just not used to this anymore. Mm -hmm. But then it just didn't really go away, and I couldn't stand food, like certain types of food, and mm -hmm. and then my period wouldn't come. And we needed to move out to the next place. Yeah, and then, <laughs> um, we had already planned a vacation with uh, Nick's friend Gonzo. And we were going to Madrid, which is how long? How many kilometers? I think it was around four, five hundred kilometers. Mm. Yes, so it was quite a long trip that mm. we were going to make. To, to meet a point, and then we still yes. needed to figure out how to go to the place where we were supposed to stay. So we were time. going from the coastline yeah. of Spain to the middle of Spain, um, to Madrid. Uh, all the way to the west, actually, mm -hmm. almost. And then we went from Madrid up into the mountain region. Yes, but yeah, anyway, so yeah. I was sick uh, at that point. But I was still carrying my own luggage and stuff, I remember. But I was still was nauseous and all this stuff, and just really weak and not feeling good. And... Um, yeah, I kind of pushed through with work and stuff, and... Uh, I remember that I started to get really bad cramps and then I started taking ibuprofen, which I never take because I, I don't, don't ever take painkillers for anything. I had two babies without any pain medication at all. Mm -hmm. So whatever, I'm like, okay, not even for a headache or anything, but I couldn't lay down. I couldn't sit and like I couldn't stand. I was just in pain. Uh, some tobacco pasta as well. And, and I had some tobacco, yeah, coaching clients that I had to cancel because I just couldn't stand the pain. Um, but anyway, that was mm -hmm. already in Madrid when we moved. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of worked a little bit until the pain got too bad. And then I started taking the pills. Mm -hmm. But first in Peniscola, we also did the pregnancy test. And yeah, and it was negative. In, in Madrid, when we were in the mountains, uh, you took another test for the second time to make sure you weren't pregnant and yes. then we decided to continue with combo because it was two times negative yeah. mm -hmm. and then combo took care of the champagne bottle on <clears throat> that episode no 
Yeah, <clears throat> the gumbo story we'll get back to in a separate uh, chapter of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so yeah, I had cramps and I kind of ignored uh, the signs of my body, which was dumb. Looking back at it now, I kept pushing through with work and because I felt like, oh, I have this important mission. I have these people that I need to help and blah, blah, blah. And I'll take a painkiller and okay. And I'll do the reading and, and the readings and everything. All my work was perfect, was good. It was all perfect. But I was then uh, kind of making myself so tired and, and exhausting myself and not charging up my own battery um, that, that I just, yeah, got sick. And then the cramps and all the stuff, and I just didn't didn't understand, and I didn't get my period, and I was like, okay. And then my period did come, but it was just really slow for a couple of days, like something was blocking the flow, and I kept and the cramps were just there; they kept being there, and I was exhausted. And then I took a pain pain pill, and I tried to go to sleep with the cramps. And that's the night when you, when Gonzo, Nick's friend was here and they went on a long hike. Mm -hmm. And then they were out of reach with their cell phones. And the cell phone died. We were in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the night, not knowing where we were and how to get home. And that's at the point, that's at the point where Nick didn't, didn't even have a phone of his own because earlier uh, in Peniscola still, uh, he dropped his phone in the water in the sea oh, in when the... he was crossing from one rock to another. Packing my luggage again into my Because we would go, <laughs> we were always out in the rocks by the water. We went there to sit and just be with nature. And he dropped his phone in the water. So for a couple of months, he didn't even have a phone. Which was also a problem for traveling and bank account and uh, all kinds of other papers, yeah. official stuff. So yeah, that was another challenge. We were kind of forced to, to like the little bit of stuff that we had or like we were stripped of everything, like I said earlier. So he didn't have a phone. And then we were using my phone together, both of us. Um, and... So yeah, then yeah, I was in Madrid in the house uh, and I was sick. I took the pain pill to try to get some sleep with these horrible cramps. And he was gone with his friend, but then his friend hasn't had his phone with him, but the phone was out of reach or it died. And um, because yeah, I had really bad cramps. And then there was a point where I felt really big pressure and this may be a little bit graphic, but this is part of the story, so just bear with me. Um, so I feel these really bad cramps and this pressure, and I have the urge to go to the bathroom, but like like I feel like I, I need to push or whatever, like I'm going to have a baby. <laughs> and so I had an IUD at the time. That's a form of contraception. Basically, it's a spiral uh, copper one. And what happened is that my body expelled it, basically. And after that, my period did start uh, properly. But, um, yeah, the, co- the the coil was basically oxidated. And, um, yeah. You discovered that you were dealing with a copper intoxication, actually. Yeah, so 
that's when I started looking into that a little bit more and uh, that that was also energetically connected to me clearing up a big piece of that uh, sacral energy that the block that was still kind of holding me back from fully trusting uh, and surrendering basically to everything that was going on um, it's supposed to be. and that, that the physical uh, manifestation of that was me expelling the IUD that was the last little bit of energy connected to that big chapter that we had just wrapped up that needed to be eliminated. Uh, very, uh, yeah, eliminated. So, as a souvenir, I decided to hold on to the IUD and I wrapped it in a piece of toilet paper because I actually was going to try to take a picture of it and, um, yeah, try to research if there were any other people that had had the same issue with this IUD. So I put the thing uh, in a piece of toilet paper on top of the like sink in the bathroom. And the, later that night, I asked Nick if he had seen it because I couldn't find it anymore because I wanted to take a picture. <laughs> I don't know, like I didn't think I was going to sue the company or anything. That wasn't my intention, but I wanted to find out if this was a problem that other women had had with that specific brand or model um, of IUD. But so I asked him, okay, have you seen it? Because I can't find it. And he says, well, no. And I, um, <laughs> I didn't see it. All I saw was uh, there was no more toilet paper, but that there was a piece of toilet paper on the sink. Um, and I used it and I flushed it down the toilet. And I said, what, didn't you feel anything hard in it or anything? He said, no. So anyway, he flushed the IUD down the toilet, which was a little joke from the universe to say, you don't need that anymore. Flush it down the toilet. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> Just wipe your ass with it. That's anyway, yeah, way. so that, all of that stuff happened um, in Madrid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, where were we? Oh, yeah, and then with Gonzo, when it ended, he needed to go to Portugal. Uh, he was going to work or start to build that festival from production house in Ghent, where we know those friends from, from our years in Belgium. Uh, and he was supposed to work on it the whole summer, uh, up till now, a couple of days ago. Um, and we went back to Madrid, but we weren't sure yet what to do or how to continue. Uh, then you needed to recover, you couldn't even carry your luggage as well. Uh, oh man, that was also a crazy moment. Eh? Um, and I think at first we had the apartment where we arrived for a couple of days because we were gonna watch the new Jurassic Park because we were already talking about it for a long time. And then we found a place for two nights, no, for one night, I think. Two nights. No, a night we arrived and a second night. We could stay in the tiny white apartment in the middle of Madrid, close to the sea. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then Gonzo went to his brother again, because his brother, yeah, he just basically moved from Argentine after his uh, wedding as well uh, to Madrid to build up a life in Europe. And uh, yeah, now the connection of Gonzo being in Madrid 
visit his family, visit us, so we could all like cross roads at the same time, which was a nice opportunity for all of us. And then we separated ways again after the cinema. And then the day after, we didn't have any option left. And we were actually just standing on the street of Madrid with her luggage. Yeah. Without a solution. Uh, and then, yeah, just by sitting on the square in front of us at our apartment, uh, talking to friends and sharing our story again, uh, all of a sudden the, the pot, uh, yeah, some money up from Gonzo just to help us out of. Uh, that we needed to pay back by the end of the summer, but then at least we had another week, I think, that we found a tiny place on the site, the suburbs of Madrid, uh, where we could stay and look for a solution for the coming time to be there. Uh, but that was a nice place. I really enjoyed it, actually. And it was tiny, tiny, tiny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. A lot of parks. And, yeah. <clears throat> warm weather as well. But yeah, and then back to Nora, where the frustration of Nora, I think, was breaking through by then, no? That's when you guys talked and when we managed to discover the roots of Nora, her anger and frustration as well. Yes, but also rewinding yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. When the thing with the IUD happened, I also uh-huh. had a back injury at the same time. But that was due to the cameras also. Yes, <laughs> we will get back to Yes, but so I also, after that, uh, had super um, painful back injury. Yeah, so you needed to lay down. And I, for, yeah, two weeks, I think, I couldn't move at all, almost. Yeah. And I was still taking the pain medication, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we had to move um, to that tiny apartment that Nick was just talking about and before we ended up on the street yeah uh, and uh, no it was from before uh, it was from the house where you actually lost the IUD Mm -hmm. where you started to have this injury as well so from Mm -hmm. there on actually you couldn't carry your luggage anymore Mm -hmm. uh, because of the pain yes Uh, and you needed to lay down actually and we couldn't find any solution and then thanks to Gonzo we managed to, to find ourselves that small week mm-hmm. in the suburbs of Madrid was the first time that it, that you really managed to lay down for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Uh, then between them there were a couple of days of moving on and yeah, trying to get our luggage all the way, making anchor points on our rope <laughs> to bring the luggage and to have a guard over the luggage and uh, just being creative <laughs> to make everything moving on. <laughs> But it, it worked out fine with yeah. a, with some patience and creativity. <laughs> yeah. So you know, even how bad it it also looked, we always managed to wave our way, uh, you know, through the situation. So. so yes, and then um, so we were in the tiny apartment, mm-hmm. and then that's when I realized because I had all this time to lay down and I couldn't move. Mm. I was forced to stop working because I was constantly, constantly working, 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 um, which I loved to do, but I loved it so much that I, that's all I start, I did. (laughs) (laughs) 
but yeah, I had to learn to balance my work schedule a little bit more with rest. And um, so, yeah, I was forced to rest. Yeah, it's actually a burnout. Yeah. yeah, a spiritual burnout. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that also not enough people talk about that you have to really be careful that you don't get spiritually burnt out as well. But hey, you can only give, you have to uh, give yourself as well, take care of yourself mm-hmm. as well. Uh, there needs to be, uh, there is a need for balance. Like yeah. we are on a never, a non, oh, a never ending source of, of energy. Too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah, in that time that I was forced to lay down, that I couldn't really do much. Um, yeah, I realized, okay, something has to change. We have to do something different because I can't keep going at this pace. Um, yeah. And we needed to start looking for options, living situations, uh, finding a place where we could recover and rest and not just work. I know, and also figure out a couple of things that were really like still unclear and that were really like lingering on to, yeah, for a decision to be made on certain situations as well. And then we ended up in the other tiny apartment in the suburbs in Madrid, where there was a kind of a big turning point for different scenarios that were going on at the same time. That's what I was talking about. Just recapping and then going on. And after that, we also knew what Nora really desired, and, and she kind of managed to clear out the frustrations of her wanting to go to Arizona again and connect with her family in Arizona, which gave us something to work with and to know on how to help her to be happy uh, and get where she needs to get and where she wants to get in life. And then at the same time, we were taking a little to work over there because you needed to rest a lot more. Mm-hmm. The heat wasn't enough. And then we went back to work over there. Because before in the winter time, it was really unsuccessful. How many mails did we send out with work over there? That didn't work out in the winter time because everything was out. Definitely on Mallorca. And then I think, yeah, very quickly, within a couple of days, we had an answer from a farm close to Toledo, mm-hmm. yeah. and we could stay there for three to four months, but they were happy to have people for a longer period of time. Mm-hmm. So without thinking too much, we just decided to pack our bags again and uh, yeah, take the bus from Madrid to, uh, what was it at that time, Poland, no? mm-hmm. south of Toledo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Barbara, the chief of the farm, uh, she picked us up. Uh, with a very warm welcome uh, yeah, and uh, a big insight in the history of the whole place and the project that was going on. And we went down to the farm and we stayed for a couple of months. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to think, yes, because there's so much that we can like say yeah. about that period. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, and it was definitely, it became clear very quickly uh, upon entering Toledo with the bus from, because we were like, okay, yeah, 
we at that point we knew that we were being sent by the universe to specific places to go do specific things but we never knew what what it would be so the moment that um it became clear that okay we're going to this farm uh, near toledo okay um and and like we were booking our bus tickets and everything online then it became clear okay this is where we're going to be solving the next puzzle piece there's going to be another karmic chapter that we're going to have to deal with but what it's going to look like who it's going to involve or what it's going to deal with what past life it's going to be connected to is a big mystery and then i have to now quickly rewind to 2017 when i saw one of my own past lives where I had to jump off of a bridge um, during like the Inquisition witch trials and I drowned. Um, yeah. So basically I had to jump off a bridge. That was a past life that I saw, but I never knew where it was, what bridge it was, what country or whatever. So, but I always thought, okay, if I'm supposed to know, then whenever I'm meant to know, it'll be there. The information will be revealed to me. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Maybe um, we should take a picture of it next time we visit a little mm -hmm. bit. So, yeah, then, then there was the lifetime with the castle in Penispola, where that we had archived that lifetime, basically. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then now it was time for the next chapter. So yeah, we were on the bus from Madrid to Toledo and yeah, then upon entering Toledo, like you can immediately see this, this medieval city that's, that starts to appear in front of your eyes, mm, big walls, like yeah. you're back in the mm. year, like 1100 and something. And suddenly mm. you just, you're in the bus and you're entering this medieval uh, landscape. Mm -hmm. Until the, the bridge popped up. Right? Yeah, and then we were driving <laughs> by this, this bridge. And I look at the bridge and Nick was in the middle of saying something to me. And he stops talking and he's just looking at me. And he's like, <laughs> okay, what is it? You saw something. What is this bridge? Uh -huh. And I said, that's the bridge. And he's like, the bridge? You mean from the lifetime? I said, yes, this bridge. That's the bridge. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it became clear that it's going to be an interesting chapter to come. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And then, yeah, 15 minutes later, I was still like with that bridge in my mind. And then we get off the bus and then Barbara walks up to us, this tiny Spanish, super charming lady uh, comes walking up to us and gives us a big hug and two kisses. Uh, yeah, and then like we look at her and immediately there's this recognition. Okay Now it's a lot like okay. We know why we're here. You're involved somehow mm -hmm. Yeah Thanks. Yeah, and there's this immediate recognition from her end as well like we both we all knew that we knew each other <laughs> mm -hmm. well, and, then we're in, and then we were in for a really big change in dynamics as well like uh, being on a farm long term uh, volunteers coming and going, family, friends coming and going, very social life, which we weren't used to anymore for a long time mm -hmm. as well. Uh, and then 
uh, at the same time going through all those uh, traumatic healings and oh yeah the, this whole experience you know at a certain time a person needs time to integrate things as well and then yeah uh, social environment and individual time needs to be very, very balanced as well, you know. Uh, so, yeah, it was kind of a big experience uh, and very difficult as well to combine it with social life. And Spanish people are extremely social in comparison to Belgian people. And we kind of noticed that, that our cultural... Uh, behaviors and just the way we are used to lift habits. Like, uh, habits uh, yeah can be even confronting in those ways that they raise a lot of questions and misunderstandings and then uh, with the lack of perfect Spanish for us on our side and lack of English of perfect uh, perfectly on their side as well uh, there is a, yeah a lot of miscommunication though and there was quite a yeah a big challenge actually and even not everybody being aware of the history in the picture as well mm -hmm. just playing out this casual scenarios of lots of actually the, the the head theme of the whole story on the forum was toxic mas yeah, toxic masculinity then mm -hmm. which was also an interesting part of you and definitely i saw for myself a mirror to see how i stand in my shoes as a man mm -hmm. Uh, which is yeah, a big thing, a big lesson in me to deal with my insecurities about myself and who I am and what I'm doing as well. Just like then with this energy again of inquisition times and you know, to Sintoledo till today as well, still that many people are very careful around people that are approaching a spiritual lifestyle. Yes, that was for me. Um, the biggest thing that I've noticed mm -hmm. that in like Southern Europe, like here, when you say that you use tarot cards or oracle cards or that you talk to spirits or whatever, when you say it in like countries like, okay, Belgium or Germany or the Netherlands, they're like, oh, okay, you're one of those new age people. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but when you say the same things here, there's still this very traditional um, reaction. To, to like, oh, <laughs> you're a cross witch. Up, yeah, you see, you see the he like hesitation in people and uh, like yeah, that, that they're kind of um, scared. Like, like not really scared but um unsure mm -hmm. and then there's also the language barrier so for us this energy of that lifetime came through strongly of being um the outcast of society yeah. almost. Misunderstood, actually. yes and and that's that was like the whole emotional undertone of that lifetime that um we were misunderstood and that's why the Inquisition uh, killed us. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. But then, uh, yeah, we really managed to flip it around and uh, yeah, to heal it as well. Uh, like now, up till today, is still beautiful connections. And uh, we're still in the neighborhood, actually, of the farm. 
now that we actually 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 <laughs> had the time to spend a, a longer time in one place we managed to build up a little bit of a social life around the region as well now for mm-hmm. ourselves and like weekly with the volunteers we went out shopping just to one of the closest villages and Barbara uh, stepped off to a place where she needed to get something from the hardware store uh, and she came out with a, a house to go and see and visit and maybe to be a solution for us to stay for a longer time to prepare ourselves for Fugut again and first Nora for Arizona. Um, that was actually really nice. So we went to check it out straight away, which was available. Uh, and yeah, now we're in that same house actually, eh? living for the coming five months till February. And it's actually surprisingly how different life is uh, here in Spain. Eh? Yeah, uh, definitely here in this village, just to live here, the financial side of things, uh, the friendliness. Of the people around the easygoing trust in world and really like having still the value in your communication and your work that you give like how things flow uh, from going from the farm to the house here where it is now the witness i don't know how you would express it yeah we also have to quickly um explain because we were at the farm mm-hmm. but we were starting to feel pressure to move on mm-hmm. <clears throat> because yeah, like just, yeah. there was a lot of stuff like dynamics with specific people that also came up that were also connected to past lives <clears throat> and um so yeah we, we started to get a feeling towards the end of our our stay there that it was time again to move on to another place that our work was done and we we started to recognize that feeling by then Mm-hmm. Um, when the region basically told us that we needed to move on. Because mm-hmm. yeah, that's what it, was what it felt yeah. like in Peniscola. We knew, okay, we, we don't need to be here anymore. We need to go to another place. Mm-hmm. And the same with Madrid. And then at the farm, we started to get the same feeling that we had done. We came, what we came to do, and now it was time for the next chapter. And we started to feel the pressure again to be more in our own Mm -hmm. space, to dedicate more time to our work. Um, And that we did what we needed to do, that the lessons were done for everybody involved. And that's when we kind of said to the universe, okay, um, help us find the next place. Mm -hmm. And we were open to whatever. Like, okay, we don't know where we have to look or if we're going to stay in the area, if we're going to go further away, mm-hmm. just tell yeah. us. Yeah, so we and just yeah, send it the word a little bit around, actually, to see what popped up first. And that's when you went shopping. That's mm-hmm. where, where your story ended. It's an hour here, sitting in the sofa in our own space, living here till February. Uh, yeah, and then the 22nd of October is approaching, yeah? so we're actually about to celebrate our one-year union. And for the first time in this whole journey, we kind of have a feeling that we, that we have done our homework. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it's really time for a new chapter, new year. 
few opportunities uh, that that are beautiful to come. Yeah. And I think it uh, wouldn't be a bad idea to do over the the sub uh, stories around this timeline to do some other podcasts. Maybe <laughs> might be interesting. <laughs> yes, because we still have to talk about the combo. Mm-hmm. And. Yeah. Just how it influenced us also professionally to to really do what we want to do. Mm-hmm. And this lady as well, a little bit about Nora. Mm-hmm. How she experienced it. I never understood it took uh, to go through this. But to get her to the point where she could follow her hard desires as well. Uh, despite the difficult, uh, the level uh, of difficulty. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. The year full of magic. Uh, <laughs> and I would say, uh, th- these are my closing words. By the, do you want to add any closing <laughs> words uh, to this crazy um, story? <laughs> no. Yes, actually. Yes, yes, yes. So the whole reason yeah, also. Yeah. Um, why we wanted to tell you our story is also because we know that a lot of people will be going through this situation not this exact situation but you will recognize elements of our story and see how they are coming forward in your life right now Mm -hmm. and we wanted to ask you to let us know if there's any specific topics, any specific things in general, questions, things that you've experienced that you could need, you could use guidance with or answers to, or just that we share our experience in more detail. Because of course, now we've given you the general story, but we can go way deeper into specific things. Mm-hmm. And we would like to know what those things are for you, how they've been coming up for you in your twin flame union, union or impending union. Um, because we are thinking of making a video course with different modules and we want to make sure that we put stuff in there that we've experienced that is going to answer those questions for you. Indeed. And then it would be nice to hear your opinion about it, uh, that we can direct it as personally as possible. I really give the people what they need, though. Yes. So, yeah, and want to be followed. Uh, feel free to get in touch with us as well, actually. I and really we have, have to think about um, my, uh, a Facebook group for Twin Flames. As well, as well. Yeah. We have a Facebook group for Twin Flames. We also have an Instagram account. Um, just look at the description if you are listening to this on mm-hmm. Spotify. All the details for contacts we'll put in the description. Uh, yes. So and if you're following down. us on Instagram, you can find everything in the link when you click it. All the information for the Facebook group or just our websites if you want to see how we can help you together or individually and nick has a 44 (laughs) percent discount on all services it is it is um until the 7th of november so yeah just just go and have a look and see if he could help you with his life experience and insights you guys can find everything at my website 
subtitledelaforesta.com. But uh, I said all the details will be down in the descriptions and uh, yep. maybe a personal link to the website as well. And uh, make sure to subscribe and to like uh, if you want to see what's coming up next. All right, thank you guys. Love you all. Bye. Bye.